0: Doesn't have a home or people to care for. Not afraid of anything. Men the least of all. He's fast and strong like a big wind. He can hear a hundred miles and see a hundred miles underwater. He can hide in the shadow of a noon sun. He can be right behind you and you won't even know it till you're dead! Shut up! Shut up! Shut up!
1: Shut up! We'll <laughs> Welcome to the Mad Max Minute Presents Waterworld H2O Minutes at a Time. I'm Rick.
2: And I'm Julia.
1: And today we're talking about Minutes 143 and 144, which begin with Enola calling Nord an alcoholic and end with a recreation of the opening scene from The Lion King. Our special guests today, and there are a bunch of them, begin with Jonathan from Minute Impossible. Hey everybody, happy monkey day! Rob from a free podcast. Hey, I'm ready to get wet in this world. And George from Elementary, my dears. Hi there, I am basically a wet monkey. And on time this week! I'm so excited. (laughs) You know what? First times are everything. That is the first and last time I'm going to mention that gaffe from an earlier episode. (laughs) If
3: listeners don't remember what happened, that's fine! they don't remember me being on that episode, because I was probably only on it for about ten minutes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But it is great to have the Woodyard here, what are your histories with the movie Waterworld?
3: I saw it once. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I saw the set. I went to Hawaii oh. as a teen, and it was out there, and everybody was like, yeah, they're working on some dumb movie for the past four years. And there was like, it was the Enola. It was the, the whatever it was Was this called. the
3: first one or the second one that had to rebuild after it got sunk by a hurricane? Oh,
0: it's the second one, because I know the hurricane had already come through at that point.
4: That's gotcha. okay. I, I saw it when it came out, and then I watched it again. In preparation for this, but also uh, on my other show, on a free podcast, we did a season on when movies attack, and so we did a whole episode on Waterworld because as I'm sure you've talked about, there were some issues in the production of this movie. couple a few. <laughs>
3: yeah. some near-death experiences for all of the major cast, <laughs> a lot yeah of production things, you know, things like that. Just so, things that happen on a movie set yeah. What's a near-death
1: experience with the Bens among friends?
3: Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, you almost died from uh, nitrogen bubbles in your system? Cool. High five, bro. It happens to everybody! (laughs) When you can open your hand again. Exactly.
1: (laughs) We kick off this week's episode with Enola in the bridge house, or whatever the top of this structure is called. She's sitting there talking to the Nord. She saw him pouring himself an alcoholic drink and then filling it with water to hide the amount of alcohol he's taken, and she comments that Helen has said that anybody that has a face that red has either had too much sun or too much to drink, really calling to the forefront just how much this man consumes when he's
3: on the D's. She said Helen? I thought she said my mom. (laughs) And let me tell you what, because I was early to this call, I just sat here on my phone playing a pop game and listening to the minute on repeat for, I don't know, about 15 minutes? Just, Just on repeat. She said my mom every single time.
0: Has anybody called her Dirty Tinkerbell yet? (laughs) (laughs) She looks like Dirty Tinkerbell. Like Celia Roberts Tinkerbell?
3: Yeah. With the weird short
1: hair? From Hook. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I can honestly say I've never done that before.
2: No, that's never occurred to me. I try not to think about Enola.
4: She's the principal character. Are we sure that Waterworld and Hook aren't in the same cinematic universe? (laughs) They
1: both love boats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hook would obviously be a prequel to Waterworld.
0: Is he drinking oh. gasoline? Do you think Gazzoline. it's some sort of? Al- is you think it's some sort of? Do you think they actually can make alcohol? Like, like I mean, sure, anyone can make alcohol, but I'm saying, do you think it's more? They they seem to be big on Petro and things like that. Do you think they, they got use-
4: boxes of alcohol? Oh like, yeah, you could see the vodka and stuff in the background here. That's wine all it's over the wine. ship.
1: If there's yeah. two things that the D's has in an abundance. It's smeat and I think it's Death's Head vodka or something. What? Is that sea meat? No, it's of yeah. spam. spam. Yeah, it's
0: like fish. Fish is yeah. smeat. Sea meat. Sea meat.
3: <laughs> it's legally distinct like, enough. They, from missed, spam. They, they missed a total branding opportunity with that. <laughs>
4: Forget chicken of the sea. Smeat your maker. <laughs> you can't beat this smeat. It is wild. I mean, is it just because alcohol can last so long and doesn't go bad? Why that's what they have so much of.
0: Whereas cigarettes can go bad in a second, yet they have thousands of those too. Everyone well, is smoking. Well,
4: okay. So here's my question: in on a this world movie. of
0: in a world of water, a water of worlds, they have dry tobacco and dry paper everywhere.
4: Is this movie a shot against about against big tobacco? Because the only people that smoke are the bad guys who are literally called smokers. Yeah. This is a post-apocalyptic
3: sequel to Thank You for Not Smoking.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm just asking questions here. Is Big Tobacco behind the bad press this movie got before it came out? Because I knew the bad guys were called smokers, and all they did was smoke.
3: No, I think it was a bad press because it's a uh, four-hour Kevin Costner vanity piece.
0: In which Kevin Costner dials it up to a four the whole movie.
3: Yeah. Well, listen. (laughs) guys we don't need to talk
1: about the postman right now
3: i do remember uh reading somewhere that there was an argument between him and the first director about how the first director thought he should be more stoic and kevin costner thought he should be more swashbuckly and apparently kevin costner won so this is kevin
4: costner being swashbuckly i will not deal with costner slander
0: (laughs) as enola as dirty tinkerbell is talking about him, him, like, like all the things that you know the, the Mariner is, like all these things that she's talking about as it begins, and he's coming up that rope. I laughed out loud because I was like, he could literally just be winched to that thing, like someone just tied a rope to him. He, he's about as energetic as going up that that rope. It's like, it's like low key superhero. He's, he's like a lump of smeat. He's a smeatman.
2: Mm. I,
3: you guys mentioned earlier that this could be like, uh, like same universe as Hook. Aren't these guys just Lost Boys all grown up? Yes. They certainly behave
0: that way. Yeah. That's why they're so mad to see Tinkerbell again. Yeah, because you have that one moment where
3: she comes in and he goes like, what are you doing? He's like, we're just talking about his friend. And he goes, I was Like, Do you think that was a good actor choice? Like, after with the fact, he's like, oh, I just responded to a nine-year-old girl with meh.
2: Yes, that was the right choice.
3: That was the response. I feel like he may have questioned that later. <laughs>
4: well... And then later in the movie, when they have the baseball game and they get the sign mixed up that says Run Home Jack. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Do
2: you think Enola could be a descendant of Tinkerbell?
0: Yeah. Speaking of other bloated movies that had way too big of budgets, <laughs> both of those movies just bonkers. They got made. Some of you people like Hook, right? Some of you youngers. I
2: mean. Yeah, we covered Hook on Patreon. Yeah, yeah. we did
0: a whole series on it. I yep. find Waterworld way more entertaining than Hook. I agree. I agree. Yeah.
2: As Hook is as not well. only
4: bad, it's boring. It's not a swing <laughs> is the other problem with hook. Like uh, we talked about this once before with like, give me Robert Altman's Popeye. If you want to see someone just do something silly. I don't want hook. Go out there, do some cocaine and make a movie. <laughs>
0: yeah. <on> a movie. <laughs> get
4: a down out Robin Williams. and just
3: cut water loose. world
0: <laughs> needed about four tons of cocaine to really get this movie. Well, going. you
3: can't because it's all wet because it's in the tropic zones and that doesn't exist
4: anymore. Also, I'm going to defend Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner is not the problem with this movie, but is he also, also not, not the problem.
1: I was about to say he may not be the problem, but he's also not the solution.
0: He's he's drinking his own piss. He's not the good part of this movie. From the minute I meet him, I'm like, ah, God, I hate him already.
4: I'm listen. I'm a, I'm a Costner apologist. Apparently,
0: I like most of his movies.
4: Now that I think, he's of in movie. more good movies than most actors. Period. He's been the star of more good movies than most lead actors. Most of them have to do with career. baseball, but yeah, except for in the nineties. Yeah, you're right. Most of them are in the 80s, although I will, like, ride <laughs> or die with A Perfect World. That was a good one. I will, one, but that was I like, will ride know. or die with that movie to life. But I, I think in general... A lot of like, a street things there, you, uh, you are, okay? If you look at Costner's career, which, you know, we've hit the we peak do, here. and it, We do it's, look if, at his
3: career all the time, right?
4: Falls off the ledge. But, I mean, you know, we've, Untouchables, Bull Durham, Field of Dreams, Dance of Wolves, JFK, A Perfect World. He's a star. And, I mean, he's the lead in all those movies.
0: He was interesting in those movies. Well, I, he's at a six or seven in Untouchables. That's well, the see, high. that's the
4: problem.
3: He, he is really good in all those movies, but then he comes to this and he thinks, I'm not good. I'm Kevin Costner. And that's the what shoots him in the
0: foot. I won best cinematography for, for Dances with Wolves.
3: I believe the former director said he needs to direct all of his own movies so he can work with his favorite actor
4: and favorite director every time. <laughs> to go back to Julia's point earlier, Enola's a bigger problem in this movie than Kevin Costner. Like, the existence of her character is a bigger problem than Kevin Costner and one She's a
0: map with gratitude. She's a skin map. Yeah, she's a map. <laughs> <laughs> this could have been done with a flap of burlap.
2: They could have skinned her in the first scene, and I would have been happy. Yeah. Like, I would have been fine.
4: Literally could be replaced with a piece of paper. Why isn't her name McNally? McNally. <laughs> <laughs> And, it, and the movie would be better for it. Yes. The ridiculous thing
1: is that there is a piece of paper in this movie with a copy of that tattoo. We don't even need her. Gregor holds onto it for the entire movie. Oh, yeah. That scrap of paper could
3: replace an entire actor. There been a, It should have been a great scene, kind of maybe a like third away in the movie, where they look at the map on the paper and then they look at her back and like, it matches. And like, Con- for confirmation. And they just get like a foot booting her off the side of the boat. And it's like, <laughs> all right, move That'd forward. Be
2: excellent. <laughs> Anytime before this scene would have been great. Where she is getting all of this crap that she is saying about him, straight out of her own ass.
4: She's a prophet. This the scene. This these two minutes are like essentially a a movie trailer, right? Like it plays out like that, where it's like someone you know describing someone, but like in the 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 middle
0: of the movie. He knows no fear. He eats fish for dinner. He can breathe underwater. He's silent as the darkness. He
3: knows what his own pee tastes like.
0: Is she's a prophet? Is this what Jesus was like at the end?
3: Yeah, no yeah, wonder. Same no wonder everything. No wonder.
0: No wonder. Yeah, I mean, uh, you're drinking a lot. You sure are drinking a lot. Jesus Christ, we have literally. We've got to get rid of this guy.
4: <laughs>
0: we have got to get rid of this guy.
4: Do we have any any wood laying around?
0: Hey Judas, are you had too much sun? <laughs> Judas is like, just say I drink one more time. I swear to God. <laughs> I swear I will to, to your you dad, to the Romans. I swear to your dad. Okay,
1: so have you guys ever heard of this whole like, if you drink too much alcohol, your face is going to turn red? Because yes. I think I remember seeing
3: yeah. it in Looney Tunes oh, for cartoons. Sure.
0: See, I see it yeah, every the day in the whole red nose thing.
3: <laughs> well, that's because um, your know, capillaries will start to break in your nose, and you'll get the. That's what the, the, the term "gin blossoms" comes from. That's what those are. Mm.
0: That's like a W.C. Oh, Fields that. had. That. Yeah, I didn't know that either. I Maybe.
3: did. But actually, the, the red face stereotype is actually it is a stereotype because it comes from. Uh, a lot of asian cultures they have a yep. sensitivity or even allergy to alcohol and so their faces get red and they get like a runny nose and stuff when they drink too much so when you see non asian races who are having red faces it's usually sort of a odd form of cultural appropriation well,
4: i mean i <laughs> i only it doesn't generally happen to me it happened to me one time and i had a friend of mine who hadn't seen for years was in town and i had made a bunch of sangria it was on a monday night that's why your face was
3: me, red cuz you spilled it
4: well so i made on all the sangria face. And I drank all the sangria with my bud. And I woke up the next morning on Tuesday, ready to go to like to work. And my wife saw my face like in bed. And she's like, what is wrong with your face? And I was like, what? And she's like, you need. It's not my fault.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We're going to talk
4: about this again right now? (laughs) (laughs) Every morning she says this to me. And I I go in the mirror and like my whole face had, I must've had an allergic reaction to something in the sangria. My entire face was red and like puffy and almost purple and i was like i literally can't go to work there's no way someone wouldn't be like what is wrong with your face and my answer can't be i stayed up all night drinking sangria and you're like (laughs) what was it in there wasn't a gluten i have no idea it's never
0: happened to people's ankles i've been to like two to three day drink fest with my friends out you know like you know camping and stuff and one of my friends drank so much that his his salt content was so high, his ankle started to swell up. From, oh, yeah, he has the diabetes. Is yeah. your
4: friend the guy from Mad Max Fury Road, the big dude? Like, yes. what is
2: going on? And Jonathan, we hang out with the bullet Jonathan, maker or whatever his name the is. The people eater. People, people Jonathan, eater. <laughs> why,
3: Jonathan, why are you staring at everybody's ankles? <laughs> I loved him ankles. You know that. Really? Man.
1: I did a little bit of research about this red face phenomena. And according to healthline.com, it happens because you have trouble digesting alcohol completely. People who flush when they drink might have a faulty version of the, and I'm going to preface this by saying, bear with me because this is a technical phrase aldehyde dehydrogenase 2. The ALDH2 gene is an enzyme in your body that helps break down a substance in alcohol called uh, acetaldehyde. So, too much acetaldehyde may cause a red face and other symptoms. And apparently there are two groups of people on this earth that are more susceptible to have this ALDH2 deficiency. And that is people of Japanese, Chinese, and Korean descent and people who are Jewish.
4: Huh? There
1: is a common phrase that is probably used by a lot of racist people that say when your face turns red, that you have been afflicted with the Asian, Asian flush or the Asian glow which yeah. is just so casually racist, and it does not surprise me at all.
3: I've never even heard that, so I guess you're just casually
4: racist. I had heard it, and I didn't even want to say it, because I was like, that's just a racist thing, and I'm not mentioning it on the podcast.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Rick is willing to take those risks
4: yeah.
1: for yeah,
2: our I listeners. So.
1: <laughs> I'm willing to point out for our listeners, if you've heard this before, it's racist. <laughs>
4: you should tell the person.
0: Why isn't it the Jewish glow? Can we not talk about the Jewish glow on Monkey Day of all days?
4: I want to go back to Nola, if that's all right. Can I do that? Ask Julia. What? Yeah. No. <laughs> go for it. <laughs> this movie's PG-13, right? And she's not even 13. Normally, the reason you would put a child into a movie is because, in my mind, at least, is you want viewers to be around that age and have like a character that they can kind of insert themselves into that they're a part of the story. Please, this is not amazing. Rob, uh, yeah, Phrasing. not great. Not great. <laughs> okay. This movie is take, take not that for 13-year-olds. <laughs> and there's nothing about Enola that I can imagine showing a young girl and being like, you should learn a thing or two from Enola. Like, like there's how nothing the, how about did, her. How to do your hair. I, what, my point is, why is she in this movie? Your point is that most 10-year-old
0: girls are not dirty raft prophets. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
4: why, why were they like, hey, you know what's a cool movie? Those Mad Max movies are pretty fun. And we're like, yeah, I agree. Let's do it on water. Cool. Hey, one more thing. Let's put a kid in it.
0: What was the People. best part of Road Warrior? That little kid with a boomerang. Let's give him People. one with no boomerang.
2: Yeah, because he had no lines. He didn't talk.
4: Yeah, He just
0: growled.
1: Yeah. I mean, clearly the boomerang is the missing element here.
2: Yeah, the murder
0: boomerang. In water, though, that's more of a stick. You have to be really good with a boomerang for it to come back to you. Because there's no room for error in water. Or you, right? you just have a lot of them. Or, or they float.
1: <laughs> with all this Enola talk, I want to dive quickly into the book,
3: man. That is a very well marked novelization. I like that you said dive
1: in the novelization. The dialogue between Anola and the Nord is a little different.
4: Is he the Nord? I call him Nord. He's also described as the Nord.
0: Avoid the Nord.
4: He hosted Weekend Update on Waterworld.
0: Right. <laughs> I think that was that was when I, it was it was a really <laughs> low point for Weekend Update. Although I enjoyed his humor.
4: Yeah, me too. I like the old Nord McDonald's. Yep,
0: those are the best. You know what?
4: I just ignored him.
3: Jeez. You avoided the nord? I avoid the nord. Avoid the nord. Yep.
1: <laughs> as the book says, it was enough to drive the sanest man as mad as a sun-baked thirst-crazed berserker. Your face is all red, the kid was saying, her eyes were huge, looking up at him accusingly from where she cowered by the chair on the floor. Helen says that anyone with a face that red has had too much sun or too much happy juice. I don't give a shit what Helen says. Well, I don't think you've had too much sun. That's it. He slammed the gin bottle down on the liquor cabinet counter and started toward her. I'm gonna rip your little... The cabin door opened, and the doc stepped in, trailing his wheeled cart of gas goodies. This halted the Nord. Almost time, the doc said. Something wrong? No, the Nord said. We were just talking about her friend. The fishman. <laughs> Actually, the Nord said, about the woman. Says her name is Helen. Wouldn't mind an afternoon with her.
2: Okay, ew. I love that this whole... Voiceover thing that she's doing in this clip is not there in the novelization. Guys, oh, the novelization is. is so much better than the movie.
1: Oh, it, it's it's in there. We just have.
3: Did that just it. not imply at the end
4: Shut. that someone wanted to have sex with a child?
2: No, with Helen. Yeah.
4: Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> it's like it's like. Wait, wait. That's better. Earlier in the movie, we do see Enola have to like get sent down into the cabin of the boat so she can give herself up to uh, Costner and his gills. Yes. Gross. Which, you know, perfect. Hey, kid, come on over to the television set. We got a new box office movie to watch. The Water World. <laughs> you can learn some valuable lessons. This scene is the Smeet-Cute. <laughs> <The>
2: cute <smit-cute.
0: laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. I
2: take umbrage with them using the term happy juice. Yeah. Because, yeah. no, that's stupid. Also, why would a kid call it happy juice? She's it, it
0: can't tell an, how old Enola is by the way she talks sometimes. Like, sometimes she seems like this waif that they've kept kind of away from everyone else, and she's just smarter than everybody else. She's kind of like, did you ever see Clan of the Cave Bear? Yes. She's the Daryl Hannah. She's the non-Crow Magnet. She is no, she's somehow... not the Ringo star of this movie? No, that's Caveman. That's the movie <laughs> Caveman. Don't get that confused with-
3: but here's the thing. If you could just pick one or the other, why would you want to watch both?
0: Uh, Caveman's a good movie. <laughs> They're wearing the <laughs> same clothes they wear in this movie. It's just rags. Bear pelts. Bear
3: pelts. Even though before belt bears existed.
0: Oh, that's sad. Are there no bears anymore?
4: Not no. Maybe this is me. But there's all these paintings, and I don't know if Rick and Julie you guys have gone into like where what like what these paintings are. I did a cursory look. Oh you mean the young Joseph Stalin behind her? And found nothing. Yeah, it looks like <laughs> Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio behind her. Is, is he pointing? Is that just me? Is he pointing? That's literally just you.
0: That's yeah.
4: you. Yeah, he looks like young Joseph Stalin.
2: Yeah, I or agree maybe with Nikola George. Tesla.
4: Oh, okay, I see the Tesla thing.
0: But it's not it like, like a
4: longer mustache. Stalin, yeah,
0: or maybe Nikola looks like Cage. DiCaprio
4: with a mustache.
0: <laughs> okay. Do we know what those paintings are? Obviously, they're supposed to be wink, wink, famous paintings. Oh, no. I Googled uh, Waterworld paintings and everything, and I only got just a
3: uh, metric ass load of fan art. <laughs> <really. Yeah. laughs>
0: oh, <just laughs> so much and time. I went through the same this... process,
4: George, and I was like, Mm-mm, it is, no,
3: thank uh, you.
0: Listen, I had to just go to Google... DeviantArt and find all this <laughs> slash fiction with the Mariner and a bunch of other people.
3: It is a treasure trove of wasted time. Just go look at up. Waterworld paintings. Waterworld movie paintings, by the way. Put that in there.
1: That is a Marianas Trench of nope. Hmm. All right. Well, I have to ask. The doctor stumbling in and stopping Nord from burning Enola's face with a cigarette.
4: Mm -hmm.
1: Is that good or is it just like, ugh?
4: (laughs) Good. It's more. It's more. uh, Another shot against big tobacco. Yeah. With the doctor coming in and stopping Some of the harm that smoking causes.
2: Yes, because he is a trusted (laughs) medical professional. He's almost the (laughs)
4: Surgeon General of that ship. Ironically,
3: the doctor is the one on oxygen. Yeah. Yes. He's the Surgeon Something. He's definitely not the Surgeon Specific.
0: He's warning against birth defects, like cigarette burns and, you know, things like that. Birth defects? (laughs) And being born with weird tattoos on your back. I mean, one guy does have gills. That's a birth defect. Or is
3: it an evolutionary trait?
0: Again, this movie's stupid because <laughs> why would just some people? I would think everyone in Waterworld would be like, "Holy shit, I got gills! I'm yeah, so stoked the thing, for having Jonathan, gills!"
3: I don't know if you've ever heard of this little thing called evolution.
0: It takes a while. It's one of the preeminent things we uh, celebrate on Monkey Day. So yes, I have heard of evolution.
4: Also, I'm going to defend this movie again here. I don't think this movie's going out of the way by saying people react in an inappropriate way to things that are different.
0: Oh yeah, we're still racist.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Nail on the head.
3: Damn air breathers. Just saying, there's always got to be a first one, Jonathan. I wonder though, instead of him drinking his pee, what if he just poured it on his gills? I don't think that's how gills work. Is there oxygen exchange in pee? Is that what drunk like a fish means? <laughs> yeah, you got pee on your gills. <laughs>
0: <laughs> don't they always have pee on their gills?
3: Yeah, because it, it, fishes pee in is it the ocean. It, is it ocean just, just yeah, fish pee? It's just yeah. a fish toilet. That's why it's
1: good not to think too hard about the movie Aquaman when they have those throne room scenes and everyone's
3: underwater. Oh, oh yeah. Do you think
0: they just go wee-wee?
3: Oh, oh yeah. God, can you imagine being an, an all Aquaman all in the throne room being like one of these really quiet, solemn ceremonies and then everyone's just like fish bubbling left and right because they're just they're farting and they can't hide it? Like,
0: <laughs> Or it just gets really warm. Yeah. You look over.
3: It's like, oh, there's the current. Oh, chase it back. There's like one who's just smiling. <laughs>
0: To be fair, we also don't know that Aquaman has genitalia. We don't know if they don't have oh, fish yeah. Oh, bits. no, he
3: does. He kelp dusts all the time. Okay. Yeah. Kelp dusts. <laughs> Jesus. Just swimming by. DC has not been brave
1: enough to show Full Frontal in one of their superhero movies. Cowards.
0: DC was brave enough, though, to straight up kill Kevin Costner the way he's <laughs> supposed to die. <laughs> Leave eat- Kevin Costner alone, man. I don't understand <laughs> the Kevin
1: Costner hate. Listen, Kevin Costner got to a point in production where he's like, you know what? I'm finished. I'm going to stop you there. Let me stand still and then CG a tornado over me and then I can go home.
4: Just recycle my voiceover. I'm going to continue on my Costner Crusades here. Can you think of an actor who has been as big of a star in our lifetimes that has not been a star of a sequel than Kevin Costner? Al Pacino. Godfather (laughs) 2. I think that's the only
0: sequel he's been in that he's been a star of.
4: I'm just saying... Well,
0: does that mean that he's so intolerable that only one group of people can work with him at a time and that he burns a bridge and moves to the next?
4: I don't know if it's I just think I honestly think that is partly why there's so much Costner hate is because he's not a star of some sequel that a franchise we all grew up on that we just love and defend no matter what.
0: I would defend Untouchables, but it's not a sequel to anything. It's just
3: no, it's a standalone movie. He doesn't do franchises because, like you said, he's intolerable.
1: According to an interview he did. He said that he doesn't want to do sequels because he's yet to be pitched a sequel that was as good as the original. When
0: which he's not wrong. 99% of the time, he is right.
3: What if someone came up to him and said, Waterworld 2. This time on land. I think he would say no. <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, you know, I also want to like get into like why. I don't love Waterworld. I think this is like a, a three out of five star movie. It's fine. It's... You could take it or limp it. You can watch it. It's entertaining at times. There's some pretty cool sequences. You just can't help yourself. Enola's boring. (laughs) There's issues with this movie. But it's weird to me how much hate this movie has. Hate for the movie or hate in the movie? Hate for the movie. Like this movie has been a punchline for 30 years.
0: I think it's because it was a punchline before it came out. And it became this like Kevin Costner's folly. And then when it came out, everybody was like, it's not that great. So I get the bag on it easily oddly enough
4: it does set up the world that titanic comes out in right because because titanic comes out and the same thing everything pre-production about titanic is look at all this money this is such a big bust this is so stupid
0: it's another water world
4: the difference is james cameron sure versus the dude who did this movie whose name i already escapes me oh you mean kevin reynolds yeah kevin reynolds yeah it's weird and i think it's kind of gone away but it's weird how obsessed people were for a while to just get so angry about the idea of a film production costing a lot of money.
0: Who cares? Yes. They don't do that anymore. Like when both of the infinity war and Endgame no. came out, no, they're like, it's fine. But also the quality of what you got with that comparatively to what you got from Waterworld, And now we're all like, well, you know what? If you, if you make a great movie and if you notice, there haven't been any giant box office bombs that have, have used up that $250 million. Have you noticed
4: that's gone away too? Well, partly because we don't live in a world where anyone would spend money on something that wasn't a franchise. It doesn't exist. Not anymore, So you're only going to spend money on something that you already know. We already have so so many millions of viewers that will watch it. Like, regardless of what it is, they're going to watch the whole thing. (laughs) We can't lose.
0: I'm just looking up Kevin Reynolds' career. Since Waterworld, he made four movies. Since 1995, he's made four movies.
4: He made the Hatfields and McCoy Mini series in 2012. 2012.
0: Yeah. And then he with did. With Kevin Costner. Tristan and the Solid. Um, yes. Risen and the Count of Monte Cristo.
4: I kind of like the Count of Monte Cristo. I saw it in a
2: the theater. I, I was love okay. that movie. I love yeah. a good
4: Monte Cristo. Oh,
0: yeah. You so too. Go with
3: it. I theater hopped to see that movie. I went and saw Serendipity and then jumped theaters and watched the Count of Monte Cristo. What a day. Come at me, Dollar yeah. Theater.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Count of Monte Cristo is one of those rare movies that's better than the book.
4: Mm hmm. I haven't read the book, but...
2: The book is sad. Yeah. Nobody gets a happy ending in the book.
4: Oh, I just worry that because we live in a world that loves... I feel like I'm doing a trailer. (laughs) (laughs) Because, like, anytime a new IP, people spend money on it, people lose their minds and get upset about it. And then you get, like, Waterworld. Waterworld's not a great movie. It's fine. I don't think it's bad. I think there's some good stuff. It's fine. It's an average, it's a decidedly average box office film. How is it better or worse than Kong versus Godzilla? I think
3: in <laughs> retrospect, it's okay. But I think at the time, I mean, this is the movie that had the name of the press, Fish Tar, before it ever came out.
4: Yeah. Or Kevin's
0: so game. It was
3: already like this. Which big is another bloating- movie
0: that gets maligned for yep. very low reasons. Because is it a bomb? Not really. It's relatively funny, it's not yeah. that bad. It's a B movie. It's not great.
4: I would argue people didn't like it because it was directed by a woman. And in the 80s, people lost their minds about that.
1: Going back to Waterworld, it could also be that there was a lot of talk ahead of the production about how it's going to do all these amazing things. It's almost as if they spoke it up and hyped it up too much, which is appropriate to this clip because that's exactly what Enola is doing through most of it, talking about all of these fantastic properties that the Mariner has that she has never
4: witnessed. No. She's just making it up off the top She's of the head. She's a hype man, hype, yeah. hype fairy. The Mariner himself in sort of like how that character is played and how we see him feels much more, not like this stylistically anyway, but but much more like a film noir protagonist than anything mm. else, right? Like he does kind of cool things sometimes, but it's not his, like where this clip is like, look at this superhero, which is like yeah. totally out of tone. of. I how, feel like
0: it was supposed to be like, he was like a shogun. He was like a water show gun going around riding wrongs on his boat, but like having just being perfectly good at like hand to hand combat and all this stuff. But what we get is this really lackluster angryman from Kevin Costner that I wish he was less angry and a little more stoic. Yeah. He's not stoic. He's angry and mean to a child. the child we don't need. But, he's but meaner, we were, anyway, listen.
4: He's right to be angry about that child. Yeah. Kick her off the <laughs> boat, bro.
0: He, He's mean, to, but he's but he's mean to someone that you said that she was brought in to be the foil for younger viewers. I guess. And being mean I don't know, makes him the bad guy. So what are we doing? I want him to be the cool guy. I want him to be the Logan. I want him to be the takes no prisoners, has a weird thing, but makes him kind of cool, and he can dive underwater. And he's got gross webby feet and hands. I want him to be that guy more, and he's not Fishman as much as he is Brooding Guy.
4: But back to the franchise thing, can't you deal with some of Logan's abrasiveness because you have an entire backstory of who Logan is to make it fine? If you knew nothing about Wolverine beforehand and you watched that movie, you'd probably be like, God, that dude's angry.
1: Well, see, this is the type of character that Mel Gibson was able to so well portray in the Mad Max movies. Yeah. That whole stoic, not mean, but also not kind yeah, just quiet like he puts Bruce Spence through hell in Road Warrior, and it seems rather cruel when you go back and think of it. But when you're watching it, you're like, oh, Max, you scamp. <laughs> Whereas the Mariner, Kevin Costner is just throwing kids into the ocean so that they can drown.
0: He's not lovable. Yeah, which I know that had to be Julia's favorite. <laughs> favorite scene in the whole movie.
4: Even reason he gets stuck with them in this movie is because he makes a deal with them. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. To save his life.
1: Yeah. She's like, hey, um. we'll let you out of this cage so you don't die in the poop bog. And he has to mm-hmm. think about it for a second. It's like, do I want to live if it means
0: being around other people? being around a skin map for <laughs> two hours. Well, he probably was like, well, this stuff is getting really close to my gills, and yeah. I can taste it through my gills, so I've got to get out of here. Like, now. I will yeah.
4: aspirate faster than anyone else the poop. <laughs> That's what's going to be on George's tombstone. Yep. Yep.
2: <laughs> I've been thinking about Logan and drawing that comparison. And one of the things that endeared us to him was his relationship with Rogue. And mm-hmm, yeah. that could have been a similar relationship with Waterworld.
0: She was a brassy dame. You know, she had like things she wanted to say. And I enjoy that relationship. She's she's young enough to not know everything is hurt that, you know, she's different than everybody else because Enola has a skin map. And I mean, not to mention, they also held down a nine year old and drew a map, a tattoo on her. Cool. You know, I don't know what a,
3: age they drew that. It's a it's a birth defect.
0: Oh, you think it's all you think it's all stretched now? I think the map's yeah. actually out of coordinates are all wrong mm-hmm. now. That's <laughs> why they can't find dry land. They put a scale over on the side, and now they're like, "Oh no, it's all wrong." It's this scale.
3: <laughs> <laughs> What's going to be the worst? The fact that they've been following this entire map, they're going to get there and realize it
4: was a mole.
2: Yeah, what if she gets back knee when she becomes a teenager?
4: That's why it's a race against time right now. Maybe
2: that's why they cast a younger child instead of somebody a bit older.
0: You skinned her, you don't have to worry about going through puberty. None of that happens.
2: Excellent point. Thank you. Mm -hmm.
4: If only Buffalo Bill was around in Waterworld. Was she a little pixie dirty fairy girl?
0: (laughs) (laughs) It puts the urine on the skin. (laughs) Or else it gets the gills again.
4: Oh boy! Uh, also, as you know, I like to ask questions. Why is everyone so dirty on this boat? They live on water.
0: Everyone's dirty. It's the dirtiest water world I've ever seen. But the water, you just just go jump in the water. It's right there. The whole world is water. People should be
4: cleaner.
2: I agree.
3: Salt water's not good for your skin, Rob.
2: The atoll dwellers, while well, they are dressed in rags,
3: <laughs> we call them atolls.
2: The atolls. <laughs> 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 They're not dirty. They're no. clean. Because they live in water. Because yeah, they wash.
0: But why are yeah. the dirty? Well, why are the dirty Valdez people, the Valdezians? The because
2: they're smokers, and smoking is dirty. Well, yeah, also take like, that
4: big tobacco.
1: There's it. also the grease and the smoke of machines and engines and things like that. That's not something that you just wash away under. That a boat doesn't
0: go anywhere. <laughs> it's on a for for being in water world. There sure is a lot of land around. Is not that Valdez stuck on something? No. Is that Barnacles? It's, it's Barnacles, yeah. yeah. It's, oh, I thought it was... it the, the movie, when I first saw it, I was like, is it? Because it's the Valdez. So I'm like, that wrecked. So it would have to have hit
4: something. Speaking of drinking and doing your job, by the yeah. way. Allegedly.
0: <laughs> I love also that the, the guy drank so much that he had enough alcohol on that boat to now take care of all humans forever. <laughs> <laughs> like, look, looks like, guess I planned ahead. <laughs> What they're inferring is that all this booze was on the Valdez, or was it brought to the Valdez?
4: It was brought to them. I think they are it's something that they're, they're finding.
0: Okay. The same brand everywhere? Well, maybe they found a, a
4: giant shipment of it somewhere. Like Bartles yeah. and James? Yeah. was like,
0: So, oh, yeah, there's a big Bartles and James <laughs> uh, <laughs> the cargo ship that, with wine coolers. Well, like... Barnacles
3: and James in this one.
2: Yeah. Yeah, there's also uh, cruise ships.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. open bars. But that's
2: supposing that they, you know, are ever oh, cruise th- ships again. Have you
0: talked about that? Like, who would have survived? It would have been the upper echelon of people that took cruise ships. And old people. And old people, that would have been.
3: (laughs) And teenagers who got dragged along because they didn't want to go, but they
0: went anywhere.
4: Swingers. That's the way the world works. Uh, Rick and Julie, do you guys like Waterworld?
2: I like it when it's good.
4: (laughs) Okay, that's fair. I think that's a perfectly reasonable review.
2: Yeah, when it's good, it's really good. And when it's bad, it's really bad. And it yeah, like, does both throughout the movie. When it's good, movie. it's really
0: good. But when it's bad, it's wetter.
2: Yes, exactly.
0: I don't mean this in like a crass way. Like, what is good? Like, what's good? Like, what do you consider the
4: atoll stuff? I think the battle at the like when they attack the atoll. I think that's.
0: I mean, that's a stunt show. That's an
4: awesome, incredible. It's, yeah,
2: the action in this movie is great when the plot is actually moving forward. I like that. What I don't like is actually it's a lot of the Trimoran stuff. I don't like how. The Mariner treats them. I think it's really, really crappy and it serves no purpose to the movie. I think it's just like morally reprehensible that this movie behaves this way towards women. So that's really bad. It's also really boring. All the trimaran scenes are really boring.
0: And that's where he's the meanest.
2: Until like Jack Black flies in and attacks them. That's cool. <laughs>
0: oh, that's yeah. right. Jack yeah.
4: Black is in
3: this oh, movie. Yeah. I, mean, yes, Jack Black. <laughs> I always forget. I like that yeah. Jean Triplehorn had like
4: a little couple episode run on New Girl. Yes, she did. I like when they're on the boat. I like how it looks when you are on the boat. I think it looks awesome.
2: Yeah, the boat's a great set piece. Yep. They just didn't use it well.
0: But when they talk, you're like, oh, no. What's going to happen? <laughs> no, I, and I think that might be what we're all thinking of. It's that's when Kevin Costner got to direct himself and was kind of out on the boat with his probably minimal crew and the actual director, the second director. He, he
4: was running the camera as well.
0: Yeah, but the problem is the script. Right. As
4: we're saying, it's when their mouths open and the words come out. <laughs> That you're like, oh no, movie. What are you doing? This is either boring or insulting. I like the Joss Whedon angle of all
3: this, which is probably why we have such strong female characters.
1: What's the Joss Whedon? We don't need to talk about Joss Whedon.
0: Yeah, let's not. (laughs) Screw that guy.
3: Yeah, there are really
1: fun parts of this movie that you have to wade through the poop bog to get to, admittedly. But overall, I feel like there are more fun parts than there are groan-inducing slogfests. (laughs)
0: I feel like it's a movie that had to get made so that movies like this would never get made again. It was kind of the end of that, although I I say that and then they made two Fantastic Four movies. But there was kind of the end of big budget, one guy saying, I'm doing a big budget other than James Cameron. James Cameron is the only person that's come in and said, I have a completely original idea. I'm going to do Titanic and I'm going to do Avatar. He's the only
4: one that makes money guaranteed. No one else will give money to these things.
0: Yeah, and I, I like that that happened because there are, as I've talked about on some other podcasts, the movie system works. Everyone's like, ugh, you know, big corporations own everything and little things don't get made. Sometimes that's okay because sometimes you are going to get movies like on a big budget scale, you'd get these level of movies. And They're I'd rather. they at least interesting. This, no, <laughs> what movie? This movie?
4: Yeah, there's a podcast, but they talk about it two minutes at a time because there's so much talk about it. There are podcasts about crappy
0: movies, too, so don't <laughs> t- don't tell me. <laughs> It's interesting I disagree entirely with your point Jonathan but you always have we always disagree on this you feel that you would rather have an interesting story almost an original story than a tried and true like yes the other movies the big movies that I like are part of a franchise
4: see and I don't mind elevator pitches right so like this this is Mad Max on the water right mm-hmm. that's what mm-hmm. this is Mad oh, Max yeah. on the water yeah 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 right that's fine I don't know why that's the thing that we will be so dis like, when I say we I mean like you know, the general viewing the Royal public League. will be so just. Dis- oh, it's just Mad Max on the water. Are you going to go see Spider-Man 8? It's time for the dance at the Winterfest. <laughs> like, <it's, laughs> like, I don't understand how we can just, like, criticize, like, elevator pitches, which are, you know, oh, Speed is diehard on a bus.
0: But that's fine. That's but fine. That sounds great. fun. I'm in. I am mean, also not a $400 million movie that didn't... But who cares? <laughs> on that mindset,
3: do you think that this movie could be remade as Waterworld, but good, and actually be a good movie.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Make it, make it darker, yeah. make it darker, make it more dystopian.
3: Don't sail out onto the water to make it. And who, we, okay, like, all right, let's play a little game. Like, who? James Cameron. You cannot use James Cameron. <laughs> Think of a new director to direct the remake of Waterworld.
0: Do I have to know the director? Can I talk about actors instead?
4: <laughs> Once again, though, I don't want to, like, just because an idea happened and it wasn't, Good. Doesn't mean I just want people to keep trying that same idea. I just like the idea of a new idea in general.
3: Uh, You've noted, audience, that Rob is completely dodging the question. (laughs) 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 I want to step in here.
1: Jonathan, you spend a lot of time with the Minute Impossible talking about spy stuff, sneaking through places, getting from point A to point B. Generally speaking, this... Clip, most of it as Enola is spouting off her nonsense has the mariner sneaking through this ship in order to get from point A to point B. Would you admit that this at least is an interesting
0: segment? Yes, because this is the most superhero he's been in the movie. She is saying things that are untrue about him, and he's doing things that are untrue that we've seen so far, other than like him coming up and like doing the ninja move where he kind of seemed like he kind of slid down the ladder and grabbed the guy from the bottom of the ladder. Great move. Okay, I'm fine with that. I don't mind that kind of thing. If the rest of the movie, he'd been super slick the whole time. We had the stunts show spectacular at the beginning, which is great. And then he's mean dad on the boat for a lot of the movie. And then we get here and now he's like, Oh, I actually do care about dirty Tinkerbell and you know, I'm going to go save her. Okay, fine. If in the middle, he was also a badass, I think I'd be okay with the Mariners trip through this entire movie. It's just, he turns into such an unlikable character in the middle of the movie that it makes me like, okay, and now now I'm on his side? He's been mean to her the whole time. Okay, but now I care about him? Okay, fine. I'll try. I'll try, movie.
1: I'm glad you brought up him choking out the smoker while he's hanging from that ladder because they do it a lot better in the book. And I'm going to duck in there again. (laughs) For context, the Mariner has just killed the smoker and stolen the gun from this guy. The mariner slipped the pistol into the pocket of the jacket and headed down a dark corridor. Footsteps echoed toward him, p- proclaiming more company. He looked above him, saw metal rafters, and jumped, hoisting himself up. Right beside his head was another one of those cloth-covered boxes emitting the deacon's nonsense. Look at us. We are the reason for creation. Below him, at a jog, came a smoker. A furry-faced bruiser whose eyes popped fish-eye open when the mariner, hanging from the rafters by his legs, dropped in his path and grabbed him in a chokehold. Pulling himself up with his legs, the mariner also pulled the smoker up and off the floor, a good two feet off the floor, the man's legs shaking spasmodically. So he uh, did that one move from the Batman video games where you, you hang and then you drop down, grab someone, and pick him up.
0: You think his gross webbed feet can
3: hang onto a bar? Well, see, the bottom of his boots don't have soles, so he just applies suction where he needs to.
0: Oh, he licks his own feet. Gotcha.
3: Yeah.
4: Yep. Nature's suction cup. My other little thing about this is I do like, this sounds lame, but I like when they're on the water more than when I see him inside <laughs> in this movie. Yeah. Well, like, that's I'm where his God. strength lies. Yeah. He's a sailor. I'm in the water.
2: Yeah, so why is he so awesome in this scene? It's not his natural habitat.
0: Yeah, he should be awkward walking around. Yeah. I'd rather him be on land and be like, oh, God, no, everything's still, nothing's moving, oh, God. Have you guys talked about the horse?
1: Yeah. Oh, we haven't talked too much about the original Raider script, um, okay. But that is going to come for everyone to listen to later
4: on in the season, okay. But we have right, mentioned it mind. a few times, okay. Yeah, the fact that there was a horse and a barge. This is a horse teaser. There was a horse that they we they never no one ever saw. He just told people he had a horse. That would have been cool for him to ride onto this ship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then I'd be all in.
3: Well, then he's just a Mary Sue because uh, he can sail a boat and ride a horse. Come on. Pick a a lane.
0: Yeah, Pick a lane.
2: A sea lane. Pick a sea lane.
0: You're not the equestrian. You're the mariner.
4: Everyone knows you can only be good at one thing. Unless it was a seahorse. Thank you, George.
2: Oh, a giant seahorse.
4: Yeah, that'd be cool. That would be cooler.
3: Which is plausible,
2: because there was that sideways shark mouth shark thing. Yeah,
3: the whale Mm fin. The whale
2: fin. So a giant seahorse is totally plausible.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. We don't want him to literally be Aquaman.
0: Yeah, that's li- that's way too Aquaman. If he's riding it sideways, I mean, that
2: happened in Aquaman. Yep. Well, how is he not already Aquaman? They should
0: bring that up more. They should be like, "Hey, remember that superhero from when my great grandfather lived on land and read oh, comic the Fish books? Talker? He could talk to fish."
3: <laughs> fish
2: Talker. In the novelization, even when he's fishing for the whale fin, he makes squeaky noises yeah. to attract the whale fin. So they clicks and he- oh, stuff. Yeah.
4: Oldest trick in the book.
0: <laughs> He's literally catfishing that. Thing. <laughs> I also want to
4: say that I do enjoy Dennis Hopper being Dennis Hopper. Oh, in this movie. he is so he is excellent. Great.
2: He's a highlight of this movie.
0: I have one question, though, about his eye patch. Can we talk about is that hair on his eyebrow? Why has he got feathers under his eye patch? Oh, those are stitches.
2: Yeah, they're stitches.
4: Okay. Have you seen Steve Martin in Dirty Rotten Scoundrels? This mm-hmm. is just a yeah. fork accident. They oh, yeah. just got to put the cork on the fork yep. when he was eating. Uh, <laughs> the not,
0: <laughs> not, not, mother. <laughs>
4: You'll get the genital cuff.
1: George will remember earlier in the movie where they revealed the aftermath of the explosion that took out the deacon's eye and just how juicy that socket looks. I say mm-hmm. more like Yeah. <laughs>
0: I'm amazed they were on a boat and they couldn't find an eye patch. That seems like of every place you could find an eye patch, a boat would have like a locker of those. It just seems yep. like it's a it's a very piratey thing to have. Keep it in this first
2: aid kit.
4: That would be a good place to put an eye patch, I guess.
0: That first aid kit. That a peg leg and yep. a a a frozen, hook. Pe- right, a frozen yeah. parrot. Yep. In case you did it,
1: it's the trick. You pull out the parrot. You like give it a couple of shakes so that it warms up, and then you just throw it on your shoulder. And one orange. <laughs>
4: One orange. One orange for the scurvy. Yep. <laughs> for the scurvy lottery.
0: Yep. The scurvy lottery. Who doesn't want bloody gums? Yeah, take, do we? Take a token. Have we genetically moved on from scurvy? No one seems to have any problems. I think they developed C. the
3: ability to absorb vitamin C from Jack Daniels
0: uh, and just the universe. Yeah. Maybe those tattoos are actually vitamin D injections. Mm. Just like little ones. There are lots of problems with living on the ocean for long periods of time. That humans have. And this movie has none of them. Although they do get a little sunburn.
4: Well, it's just, um, they're just drunk. They would have to figure
1: out some way to get around the vitamin C
3: issue.
0: And skin cancer,
3: I mean, probably a problem. They're
0: not drinking their own pee. Maybe that's the way you get around it. Who knew that drinking our own pee was actually how we got around scurvy? (laughs) You're
3: in for a treat. (laughs) Oh,
0: God.
2: Oh, you can get vitamin C from fish.
3: Really? Yes. For fish pee? (laughs) I think the whole thing. Um, I'm pretty sure fish are called vitamin C, S-E-A.
2: Yeah, mostly from Roe. Okay. Huh. I did not know that.
3: Now remind me, Roe
4: are eggs. unfertilized eggs?
2: I don't know the distinction, but oh, it's okay. eggs.
4: I like to imagine, though, that part of the way they raised funds on the Exxon Valdez is they would have a lottery. <laughs> and the lottery would, like, every week the winner would go, like, an orange would go to the winner. People were just, like, like deacons up there reading the numbers, like the Powerball. Oh, like they have, one, <laughs> got they
0: their have little... one orange tree, and it, every once in a while, like, Bears, fruit, and instead network, of having
4: pieces of paper, they have to have the numbers tattooed on their arms and be
3: like, <laughs> oh, oh,
0: man.
4: Oh, well, that's
3: a, yeah, that's just a callback, man. It's a little on the nose. That's why they all have red faces.
1: They would be oh, lucky boy. if it was an orange and not something like a lime or a lemon. Because we yeah. saw the lime tree at the beginning of the movie.
2: Yeah. So limes are absolutely a thing.
4: That's right. That's the scurvy thing.
3: Now, have yeah. they yet discovered putting a lime into a coconut and you drink a boat up?
4: Well, see, so you got to find the coconut. That's the yeah, tricky part. No,
2: That's yeah. what this movie's about. It's yeah. finding yeah. the That's coconut float. for the lime.
4: This is a Harry Nilsson song adapted mm-hmm. into a motion picture. Yeah, exactly. That's where I came from. That's the real mm-hmm. elevator pitch. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a Harry Nilsson song. Just lime into coconut.
3: Have you but... seen Mad Max? Mad Max? Do you like
0: Harry Nilsson? Just put <laughs> mash them together.
3: On <laughs> <All> water. <laughs> Two great tastes to taste great together.
4: <laughs> Incredible.
1: The last quarter of this clip is pretty much Dennis Hopper living his best life out there on the bridge platform. Meanwhile, there is a group of smokers down below decks that are hunting the Mariner. The guy in the lead with the big old sideburns and the baseball cap, he's the one that's leading this little hunting party, and he is not doing a good job at all.
0: Funny enough, the Mariners didn't even exist as a baseball team when this movie came out.
4: That is funny.
2: (laughs) Oh, that's a shame. That is funny. (laughs)
4: you made a joke the thing about
1: seeing him here though is that he is several steps behind the mariner whereas in the book we're dipping in there one last time for this episode I promise he actually catches sight of the mariner and fails to go after him so this guy's name is Truan and this is how the section begins Truan leading the search for the intruder spotted a smoker climbing a chain advancing towards an upper level walkway you there, he called up, identify yourself. But the smoker either didn't hear him or ignored him and kept on clambering up the chain. Truin frowned in thought. One of the floating corpses had been minus a vest and goggles. The intruder, who was possibly the fishman, was very likely disguised as one of their own. Moving quickly, Truin rustled up some smokers to check out the chain climber and gathering ladders heading upstairs, they scurried off to cut the man off. Only now when Truin looked back up, was there only a dangling chain, empty, taunting him. And I
3: feel a little bad for the guy. Oh
2: my gosh, he's so stupid. He's the only
3: one taking <laughs> initiative. I'm saying he's taking initiative. He's like pointing things, putting things together. I would totally watch an entire show. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> was it going to be True and Detective? Was that the joke? It's going to be the True and
4: Show.
0: <laughs> the True and Show. Yes, oh, thank
4: <laughs>
3: God.
0: The True and Detective is right there.
4: <laughs> yeah, True and Detective.
0: Yeah. Oh, that was a what? good
4: try, George. I appreciate Listen. the attempt. No one else sets me up. I have to set myself up.
0: You got an F for effort and for fish.
4: True in, in the movie looks like he just stepped out of a WWF tag team match.
0: Oh, all half the people in this movie look like they're from.
4: This guy especially. He's even still has the costume on.
0: Nord is also part of that.
4: Nord too. Yeah, they're, they're
0: Nord they Nord definitely goes to Royal Rumble. They're all
3: part of the WWE, the Waterworld extras. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Only in the WWE do you usually
1: find someone with the type of hair that Mm -hmm. Nord has. It is a mane, like a lion.
2: Yes.
3: Yeah, I just call him Cheap Trick. (laughs) That's my name for him.
4: It's got a lot of volume. Yeah, absolutely. Mm
3: -hmm. Which is surprising on a water world. Hey, that's all the humidity, man. (laughs) Makes it poof right up.
2: You know, it really should be like matted down with grime and salt. Mm -hmm. That just doesn't make any sense.
3: It's that smoker magic.
2: In a post-apocalyptic world... Why do people have hair at all? To shave it off.
3: i say Deacon has the right idea. They have a lot of petroleum byproducts to make gels. Maybe it's Maybelline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's Guzzoline.
2: <laughs> Maybe it's Guzzoline. Maybe it's fish guts. Could be.
1: It's just movie magic. Speaking of Clean movie hair. magic, I want to point everybody's attention to the last five seconds of this clip when the Nord is holding up Enola Lion King style for everyone to see. And mm-hmm. I want you to focus on the shipping containers on either side of the D's and the little figures that have been superimposed because the scale of those figures is way off.
4: Oh, you mean how tall they are?
1: Yeah. If you were to believe that those figures were actually that tall, you would have literal
3: giants towards the back it's, of this it's their crowd. It's a secret weapon. <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, that's funky.
3: There are a bunch of berserker warriors called D's nuts. And... Rob, you
1: talked a lot about Forrest Gump on another podcast. If you were looking at one minute, 56 seconds in the bottom left corner on that first shipping container, it looks
4: like there's a smoker who's missing his legs. Oh, my God. It's a <laughs> ten and <of> tan. <laughs> yeah, it he does, does look like he's missing his leg. Look
3: at a Dan, I got your post-apocalyptic
4: bo- boat show. <laughs> 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 he's just sitting there. That's where he went. That's where he went in Forrest Gump when he like swam off for a while. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) This is where he went. He fell into a portal. Someone picked him up. Came back. (laughs) Oh, that's incredible. I think you can kind of see his legs dangling there, but that is great. Good catch, Rick. They tried really hard with this composite
1: shot. I mean, it works. Looking at it after the fact and a little too close, you can
4: like pick out the bad parts. You're right, Rick. But I mean, in the flow of the movie, just a little bit, you see that. It is a pretty good, like, oh, man, there's a lot of people on that big boat. Yeah, there's a heckin' lot of them. Yeah, really,
0: I'm impressed you're with you're not the supposed number to be people. looking at them. This movie, use any of James Cameron's amazing body double people? Those little, not mo people? The Navi? No, 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 the mocap people that were from Titanic, oh. remember? I mean, from far away, you see little people walking there. They're not quite great yet, but they're getting there. I have no idea. They, this is all practical effects, right? Mostly, except for the stuff underwater. They may not have
1: used computer generated extras, but all of the water that you see around the D's, that's digitally added.
0: Oh, really? I I thought you were about to tell me it was all real because that was what the pitch of the movie was. It's all real water. We're not putting in any digital water.
1: No, when it comes to computer generated oceans, Waterworld
4: walked so that Titanic could run. I mean, you're not wrong. (laughs) To some extent on that. (laughs) And I will say one thing about Waterworld, like as much as we like love to talk about how expensive it was, you watch the movie and you can tell that it's expensive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, like it's not a movie you're like, what do they even spend all that money on? You're- they spend it on dirt.
0: <laughs> they did all the whole town. Pretty
4: obvious. Yeah. <laughs> they spend it on dirty extras.
2: That dirt's not free. Mm-hmm. All that dirt costs money.
0: Yeah.
4: Yeah. And Plus, when your set gets blown apart in a tropical storm and you got to rebuild it, those cost that up. Plus, you're filming in the middle of the ocean.
1: Yep. Shouldn't do that. You know how hard it is to haul porta potties out to the middle of the ocean. You can't just let
3: people <laughs> go off the side. What if you get all the way out there and remember you forgot the orange? I know. Mm. You got to go back. The lottery winner is going to be so mad today. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, bud. You got to die of scurvy today.
0: <laughs> the grips are already surly people. Imagine that. Hold on a minute, I got to get on a boat, go out in the middle of the ocean, and light this thing. Ugh, that's not cool.
3: That's why they shot it all in daytime.
0: Natural light. Mm -hmm. J.J. Abrams way.
1: Movie magic. Here at the end of the clip, none of these smokers are upset. They are excited. They've been getting hyped up by the Deacon and here at the end, this is the climax of the speech and he's showing off, look, there really is a tiny girl with a map on her back and dry land is not just our destination it is our destiny, which is
3: such a line. That is some uh, American colonization bullshit right there.
0: (laughs) Which is weird we have that at this point. Yeah. Since we're now, like, in this weird Asian fusion. Obviously, America was a big part of whatever, you know. What are you new, talking about? Uh, new, everyone speaks English, but they also speak uh, Japanese. Like, everybody's kind of like, it's like an in-between. Like, whatever this new society is, it's kind of like a Anglo-Asian thing.
3: Well, that's just another Joss Whedon thing. It's like, East meets West. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know what? On that note... <laughs> I think it's a good opportunity for us to wrap this up for this week. Gentlemen, why don't you give out some plugs for our listeners so that they can find more of your stuff on the internet?
0: Okay, well, you can find George at Elementary My Dears and the Mogwai Minute and his forthcoming podcast, Wait a Dune Minute.
3: One of these days. You can find Jonathan at Minute Impossible, right? That's what they say. Casting (laughs) the Furious and uh, some other stuff he might do. I don't know.
4: If you want to listen to someone who actually does produce and create a podcast, um, you can go to a free podcast. This will record well after. But if you want to listen to the season, we talk about Waterworld. We have it a whole season on When Movies Attack. We talk about The Crow, Roar, Waterworld, The Right Stuff, and The Conqueror, which is a movie where almost half the cast and crew died of cancer because yep. they filmed it next to a weird nuclear. Thanks, Howard Hughes, yeah, for that. Thanks, <laughs> thanks bud. <laughs>
3: Cool story, bro.
1: (laughs) As for us, you can come back next time. Deacon will show his parish the tattoo on Enola's back. The smokers will rush to their stations to get the D's moving. And Deacon will reveal to his inner circle that he has no idea where they're headed. The Mad Max Minute podcast is a fan project by Rick and Julia Ingham.
2: Waterworld was written by Peter Rader and David Tui, Directed by Kevin Reynolds and presented by Universal Pictures.
1: Mad Max Minute is produced and edited by Rick Ingham. Our opening music is Verdi's Dies Irae by Daniel Batista of DanielBatista.com.
2: Our home on the internet is MadMaxMinute.com.
1: You can follow us on Twitter at MadMaxMinute.
2: And like us on Facebook by searching MadMaxMinute and join our Facebook listener group, MadMaxMinute Beyond Microphone.
1: If you'd like to support the podcast, visit Patreon.com slash MadMaxMinute.
2: Thank you for joining us for Waterworld episode 72. We'll see you next time.